0: I'm Rod Anderson. A question that people at times ask me is, how can I know the Bible is what it claims to be? That is, from God. What a great question. Why should we view the Bible as of any more value than a novel or a magazine? The normal response by a Christian, it's from God. But how can they prove it? As you read the Old and New Testament, the Bible makes some rather bold claims for itself that it comes from God. But is it verifiable? After all, there are a number of books in the world today which claim the epithet. But how do we distinguish between the true and the false? Well, along with the Bible's claim that God is its author, the writers of the Bible declare that God knows the end from the beginning. To put it another way, God announces that He knows what the future will be. Can we test this? well yes we can because unlike other books that are viewed as sacred or of heavenly origin by their adherents the bible offers real proof with real prophecies in fact hundreds of them which can be easily tested cross-examined dismantled and then re-put together if you like under the searching gaze of inquiry so let's just do that now let's go to the old testament where we can find some amazing prophecies but i want to look at one particularly and you'll love this this is a a prophecy regarding the kingdom of Babylon, but more particularly the capital city itself, Babylon. All right, Babylon, at the height of her glory, was a city that seemed destined to endure forever. The golden city had grown more powerful during the 8th and 7th century before the time of Christ until it became the master of the ancient world. And did you know the Babylonians invented an alphabet, worked out problems of arithmetic, invented implements for measuring time, discovered the art of polishing, boring and engraving gems. She attained high perfection in textile fabrics and studied successfully the motions of the heavenly bodies. The city of Babylon was later... Laid out in a perfect square the river Euphrates which waters its orchards vineyards fields and gardens all within the city passed through the golden leaf gates at either end of the great walled metropolis Herodotus the Greek historian said there was enough food stored in the city to feed its population for 20 years but even before Babylon had become ruler of the known world which occurred around 600 BC God's prophet Isaiah around 700 120 BC proclaimed the following and Babylon the glory of kingdoms the beauty of the Chaldees, excellencies shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah in this verse Isaiah is told of God that he sees the greatness of Babylon that most powerful and mighty city completely destroyed as were Sodom and Gomorrah. Gomorrah. Looking back over the history of Babylon as we now know it, few words better express the present condition of that once mighty city that she would become a ruin. But that was not where the prophecy ended because God inspired Isaiah to pronounce in verse 20 this regarding Babylon. It shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelled in from generation to generation, neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there, neither shall the shepherds make their fold there. Is Babylon inhabited today? Nope. Is any human being dwelling there? No, not even one. Remember, verse 20 said, Neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there. Now, how did Isaiah, 720 years before the time of Christ, know that the Arabian would continue to exist after Babylon had become dust? Don't forget... Small family groups and those of mutual interest lived in tents throughout the Babylonian empire 2,700 years ago, at the time when the Babylonians were the most powerful rulers of the then known world. Yet the utter extinction of the Babylonians was foretold by the prophet, and each one of us knows that there is not a solitary Babylonian living today. But the prophet also said, while the most powerful race on earth will become extinct, to together with their world-ruling city, this small insignificant nomadic race of Arabs will continue on and on for over 2000 years long after the proud city has crumbled in to ruins, How did Isaiah know that Arabs would continue to live near Babylon? Yet the pro- prophecy clearly implies this. Since they were a wandering race, it would be logical to suppose that during time they would eventually leave the vicinity or would themselves become extinct. Nevertheless, what we see today is what Isaiah said would be, would be the case 2,700 years ago. Further to that, how did Isaiah know Arabs would continue to live in tents? Why would they live in tents in the shadow of the ruins of Babylon, where there is ample building material to construct many villages, but these nomadic Arabs dwell in tents today? There are many elements to this remarkable prophecy that I'd like to share with you, but some of them are also found in the book of Jeremiah, chapters 50 and 51. And we'll just finish off with these incredible statements, which were written around 600 years before the time of Christ. It says this Chaldea shall be a spoil, all that spoil her shall be satisfied, saith the Lord. Jeremiah 50, verse 10. In this prophetic passage written about 600 years ago, uh, before the time of Christ, as I said a little earlier, are told the cities of the Babylonian Empire, that is Chaldea, shall be spoiled and continually looted by conquerors. Nothing like this was predicted by other cities and countries doomed by prophetic wrath to destruction. Secondly, the prophecy says that all who spoil her By implication, loot her, shall be satisfied. How did the prophet know that there would be riches enough to tempt and to satisfy, spoiler after spoiler, year after year? Again, Bible prophecy is verified by the written word of historians. The teeming riches of Babylon and the surrounding country satisfied the ravages of successive plunderers. No sooner did a fresh horde of conquerors pillage the country than another army was preparing to fight them for the booty and loot the country anew. King Cyrus took huge treasures from Babylon around 539 BC. One hundred years later, the Persian king Xerxes carried off vast amounts of gold besides other rich plunder. 120 years later, Alexander the Great occupied the city of Babylon and made it his capital. But so far from finding Babylon's wealth exhausted, he paid his entire army with the booty retrieved, keeping the remaining fortune for himself. Gibbon, the English historian of the 18th century, in his monumental work, The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, wrote this of the Eastern Roman Emperor Heraclius, who 600 years after the time of Christ plundered Babylon. Notice these words. Later, when the Romans under Heraclius ravaged Chaldea, the remaining wealth appears to have exceeded their hopes and even to have satiated their avarice. Just as the Bible said 600 years before the time of Christ, the prophecy of the, of Babylon has been exact in every detail. And we are witnesses of these things today. The Bible is truly God's word and prophecy proves... That is the case and you can trust it. If you go to YouTube, you can go to a presentation that I gave uh, entitled Seven Mind-Blowing Prophecies and they contain amazing Bible prophecies which will satisfy your belief that the Bible is certainly of supernatural origin. Furthermore, I want to give you a marvellous set of 25 Bible reading guides called The Orchard Faith of Jesus Studies which will see you come to grips with the most important truths of the Bible in a very short time. And all you have to do to receive them is send me an email with your name, postal address and phone number 2 info at the that is info at the or go to our website theorchardmelbourne.org.au and go to the tab mark contact us follow the prompts and you'll have them in no time at all wherever you live in the world well unfortunately our time has run out for now remember this the truth has nothing to fear from investigation I'm Rod Anderson goodbye for now Have been listening to Unchained. We look forward to your company here next time on 3ABN Australia Radio as we continue this series with Pastor Rod Anderson. Let's now listen to Fountain View Academy bring us this song, If You But Trust In God To Guide You.
1: Cheers. Cheers. we Welcome to the Minute That Makes a Difference. I'm Margot Marshall. What difference does prayer make? You might be astonished at the difference prayer makes. Dr Herbert Benson certainly is. Dr Benson is a professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. In his book, Timeless Healing, he says, and I quote, I am astonished that my scientific studies so conclusively show that our bodies are nourished and healed by prayer and other exercises of faith. Everything that matters to you, matters to God. So talk to him about everything that matters to you. Because when the minds of mere mortals connect with the mind of their creator, the effect on mind and body and soul is beyond estimate. Prayer makes an astonishing difference